Good morning, church. I miss you all. And it's a few more weeks, and we will, hopefully, we will all be able to come to church. There are some restrictions, and we don't know in details what uh, they are, what what's going to be, but we know that... Uh, uh, it's coming soon, so we'll be together. I'm going to read this morning from the book of Joshua, and you know his story, and uh, chapter 1 from verse 1 through 9. Verse 1 through 9. Now it came about after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore, swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall de not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, according so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. May the Lord bless his word. Let's say a word of prayer, please. We are very thankful to be in your presence, O God, our Father. And what a privilege to call you our Father, because we know that you did not leave us fatherless. We are so thank you, thankful to come to a living God. We thank you this morning that you have given us another opportunity to come and meditate on your word. Please, Lord, bless it to our souls. 
bless our hearts, open our hearts, so we will understand what you need from us. We thank you for these men and women of the Bible. We can read about them, meditate about their lives, and take the lessons we need to continue the journey. Bless us this morning. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. Well, last time I spoke here, about two weeks ago, I spoke about Noah, like it was a character study. And I said, I want to continue studying these men of God. And the Lord uh, directed me to study about this man, Joshua, this morning. So, bear with me as we go forward. In reviewing the life of this great man, as we said, Joshua, we notice that he was called the first soldier consecrated by history. The first soldier consecrated by history. One person wrote about him, Joshua was a brilliant military leader and a strong spiritual influence. But the key success was his submission to God. When God spoke, Joshua listened and obeyed. Joshua's obedience and loyalty served as a model. As a result of his loyalty and faithfulness, Israel remained faithful to God through Joshua's lifetime. Josephus, the historian, wrote the following about Joshua. Joshua lived 40 years in Egypt and 40 years in the wilderness. He had endured hardship, privation, fought God's enemies, and faced a false report in the wilderness. He had seen the giants. After 80 years of faithful service, God spoke to him and placed him in a place of great leadership. Today we're going to look at the, this man, three points. This man, he was an ordinary man. He was, he was dedicated and determined, and he was faithful and loyal. To begin with, Joshua was an ordinary man that a man can use. He was born in Egypt, the son of Nun, during the painful years of bondage, his nation suffered under Pharaoh. But little did he know that although a slave, he would rise to become Israel's supreme leader and commander. Today we need to look at this man's life and draw some lessons for us. And I hope we will never forget. What made Joshua useful to the Lord? Well, to begin with, he was a good follower. 
He did not complain about his lot. He did not relent. And he did not quit. But kept going. Till he completed the task. And received that he has received from his master. He considered his humble responsibility the ultimate goal of his life. He played second fiddle, as people say, and was content with it. He was not educated, nor did he receive a professional training. He didn't go to theology school. There was none at that time. But he had a humble spirit and willing to do God's will in his life. That's the secret of growth. A humble, humble spirit. Just look at the disciples. We mentioned that some time ago. There was not a highly educated man amongst them. Not one was a scholar. Not one had wealth or fame. Four had been fishermen. One had been a noted tax gatherer. They were men with weaknesses and flaws like the rest of us. Some had fiery nature. They stumbled and fell. Yet, Jesus took these obscure, unknown men and through them, the world was evangelized. Joshua was an ordinary man, period. But through the power of God, he became this famous leader who wrote history through his devotion and consecrated heart. Christ will work with anyone, with anyone who will give the Lord his heart. That means a consecrated heart and life. God will not be impressed and is not impressed with religiousness, if I may say that, and false humility. And when we say, well, Adol, you're, what you're saying, I'm not a Joshua. God cannot use me because I'm not clever. I'm not talented. I'm not articulate. We may find many excuses to hide behind. You know, there are many people who excuse themselves. But one that comes to my mind all the time is uh, uh, Elisha. Elisha, when Elijah wanted to recruit him, I better, I better tell you about it. This is in 1 Kings uh, chapter 20, 1 Kings. Let me get it for you here. 
And uh, Elijah picked up Elisha, and they departed from there, it says in verse 19. Elisha, the son of Shaphat, while he was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen before him, and he with the 12th, and Elijah passed by and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please, excuse, that's the excuse. Please let me kiss my father and my mother, then I will follow you. But Elijah said to him, Go back. For what have I done to you? But Elisha, thank God for the Holy Spirit, he arose later, followed Elijah, and ministered to him. Excuse? Well, I need to kiss my father and mother. There are many excuses we can create, dear Christians. We may find many, and we can hide ourselves behind these excuses. Let's face it. If he could use those fishermen, uneducated, he can use you. God wants to use you. I hope you hear me loud and clear. Give God the opportunity as you surrender yourself to him. All he needs is a surrendered lives, surrendered hearts. Then you will do your assigned task with joy. For you are doing it for the glory of God. Amen. The second point I want to bring to your attention about Joshua. He was a dedicated and determined man. Amongst the greatest Christian men of history, there are many who had obscure beginnings. According to Christian historians, Dwight L. Moody was an uneducated man. You heard me tell you about him some years ago. He never went to college. Do you know that? His manners were somehow on the rough side. His grammar was atrocious. English teachers came to hear him in order to condemn his grammar. But after hearing him, they left praising the Christ whom Moody proclaimed. He was the greatest evangelistic influence of the 19th century. Do you know that? He gave God everything he had, and God used him far beyond any other. More talented, but less dedicated preachers. When William Booth founded the Salvation Army, the press ridiculed him. They laughed at him. They mocked him. The London Times always put his rank general in quotes just to mock him. But he led and inspired an army for Christ that has spread around the world. He was a dedicated and determined 
am. Joshua was this kind of man. Totally surrendered. Dedicated. And determined to accomplish his task. Since he left Egypt. He kept close to Moses. And through his dedication. He became his servant. Through his loyalty and devotion. He was called. In Numbers 11.28. I don't know whether you you ever read it. He was called the attendant of Moses. And he was called by the Lord. Moses' servant. He was the servant of Moses. The attendant of Moses. He was content to be an attendant. He was content with his assignment. He considered it an honor to serve the Lord in a servant capacity. He never pushed for a change or a place other than what the Lord has asked him to do. You have some assignment. You have some responsibilities in the church. Are you doing it with all your heart? Are you content with your lot? Whatever the Lord has assigned to you. Are you doing it from the bottom of your heart? I leave this answer with you. Are you content? He never pushed. That is Joshua. He never pushed for a change or a place other than what the Lord has asked him to do. His dedication and loyalty paid off. When Moses Moses asked him to lead the battle against Amalek in Exodus 17, 9 and 10, Joshua did do it and defeated the enemy. Whatever Moses asked him to do, he did without question. He knew his place, listen to me, he knew his place and he honored his assignment. Joshua did as Moses told him. He fought against Amalek and Moses, Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill to pray and support him. When Moses had to go and meet with God in the mountain face to face just as a man speaks to his friend and returned to the camp his young servant Joshua would not depart from the tent is this dedication His dedication to Moses, I can say, was 
beyond reproach. Forty days and forty nights, he will not depart from the tent. He was there, praying, waiting. A loyal and dedicated man and faithful. Yes, we may call him a man for all seasons. I would like to. A good soldier, a loyal servant, because he was first a man of God. Regardless of your assignment in the church, regardless of your lot, if you're not a man of God, anything you do will not be endorsed by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He was filled, Deuteronomy 34, 9, you know what it says, Joshua, he was filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Joshua, the son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom and enjoyed always the presence of God. In what we read, what we read in Joshua 1.5, the Lord said, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. You know what? He proved himself for 40 years. He proved himself that he was a man of God. Let's stop for a minute and look within. Am I a woman for God? Am I a woman of God? Am I a man for God and of God? I have a certain responsibility. Am I executing this responsibility in the spirit of God, in the love of God, Ask yourself this question before you do anything. When the appointed time came for him, he was divinely commissioned to take Israel into the promised land. He was loyal in little things. Little things. He was just a servant. Most probably standing by Moses and says, hold on my robe. Or carry this and carry that. And he would walk behind Moses. Obediently, obediently. And not for one day, not for two, two months, two years, and he never said, when am I going to be promoted? When am I going to take this leadership from Moses? Never. And he proved himself for 40 years. What is your responsibility that you're doing for God in your church? Do it with all your heart and prove yourself for as long as God wants you to take up this responsibility and do it. He was 85 years of age when he assumed the command 
Did he say it's too late? Did he say, well, I can't do it. I'm 85 years old. I'm ready to retire, by the way. Servants of God don't retire. That's in my opinion. I did not read in the whole Bible that any of the men of God retired. They got old, but they never retired. They kept serving the Lord until the Lord decided to take them. And by the grace of God, I hope every one of us will continue serving the Lord with any assignment we have until the Lord comes or call us to be home. He trusted his God and was determined to follow him wherever he leads. Joshua knew by now that God's way is the best and only way. It's not my way, it's God's way. Dear friends, who can tell what God is preparing for us? Who can tell the future? We spoke about that many times. The future is not in our hands. Some murmur and complain about their unimportant place of service. They feel they are worthy of far more than what they have, perhaps. However, let us be aware that God may be testing us as to our faithfulness and loyalty. Remember what the Lord Jesus said, well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in very little things. Be in authority over ten cities. This is in Luke 19, 17. Are we, that's the question, are we faithful in our service as Joshua was? Do we consider it an honor to serve in whatever capacity? Are we murmuring and complaining about our responsibilities or lack of? Joshua never did. He served Moses with zeal and faithfulness day after day for 40 years, 40 years, and continued his service to the Lord until he died at age 110 years. Faithfulness and loyalty. A shepherd once came to the city of Edinburgh, Edinburgh, from the country. He had his small obedient dog with him. While there, the man died and was buried. That little dog lay upon his master's grave, not for a day or a week or a month, but for 12 years. I love dogs. Every day at one o'clock, a gun was fired in the castle of Edinburgh. And when the gun was fired, the dog would run to the local baker who gave him 
food and water. Then back to the grave it would go. This continued till the dog died 12 years later. Faithfulness. What's loyalty? You know, a man that I love so much, he was a missionary to Lebanon. Clarence Bishop, his name. And when I got saved, he called me and said, you are going to interpret for me in every meeting. You know what I said? I'm no good interpreter, but if you want me to do it, I'll do it. And I stayed an interpreter for him until he left and went back to the United States. He gave me a book. And I'm quoting from this book. The book's title, Some Gods, Some Dogs I Have Seen. And this story from that book. And his name is on the book inside. And it was, the book was written in 1953. And there's a paragraph about loyalty. I want to quote it for you. Ask yourself, am I loyal to my church? He says, there is no substitute in language or fact. Loyalty, no substitute. When that word is spoken, you see Moses standing before Pharaoh. Elijah facing the false prophets on Mount Carmel. Nehemiah rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. Paul preaching in prison. Luther affirming his stand at the diet of worms. I will not retract. Wesley standing on his father's tombstone. A thousand martyrs lighting with their burning bodies the Colosseum in Rome. Men and women who counted not their lives dear, of whom the world has never been worthy. They are a glorious company. They built a monument across the ages, and in the heart of it is the word loyalty. Faithfulness and loyalty, these were the two, the two major attributes that Joshua had, and that what made him, and his, along with his belief in God, what made him this great leader. He didn't say, I want to be a leader, and he didn't apply for it and fought for it, not at all. He was chosen by God at the right time. When he was 85 years old, and guess what? He left for us. He left for us a life that we'd like to imitate, all of us. And let me say this before we go home. When you are loyal to God, when you are loyal to your calling, like Joshua, when you are loyal to your leaders, when you are loyal to yourself, then you will be satisfied with what you have.
Today, loyalty is becoming scarce in our land. Foreign ideologies is ruling and taking away from us the Christian civilizations. Drug and drunkenness and immorality are really sapping our manhood and womanhood today and our Christian nation. Liberalism is putting a sharp dagger in the heart of the Christian church. In the face of this evil tide, oh, for men and women to take a stand like those martyrs of old and proclaim the true meaning of the world, faithfulness and loyalty. Was the task, that's word, was the task big and difficult for Joshua and his friend Caleb, if you remember him, to undertake? I would say yes, but with God, we are more than able to go up to the land and possess it. I tell you one thing, Christ and his church deserve our best. Let's give it to him. And he deserves our utmost faithfulness and loyalty. Let's go out and prove it in our lives. And may God bless you and bless his word. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we thank you for challenging us this morning. We thank you for your word. May it touch our hearts, change our lives, and lead us to a better one. As we go home, help us not to forget. And help us to apply your word to our hearts. Be with each and every one and the families, Lord. And bring us back to church sooner than we think. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you and be with you.